Hello there. You're listening to the uh, latest edition of the podcast with myself, Peter Watson, and our resident legal expert, Legal Liz, where we look at a couple of topics from a slightly different perspective. Hi there, Liz. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. Uh, this is, this is uh, another a journey to try and get you <laughs> to get the recording okay. And so we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, so welcome, Legal Liz, uh, once once more to the, the um, um, to I say the studio, it's sort of virtually. Um, so anyway, today um, we are going to be talking about two things. Um, one is about what is going on in the Red Sea from a kind of legal standpoint, and um, obviously, I'm sure many of you will hopefully be aware that there is there is conflict going on, um, uh, you know, in in the Red Sea. This has meant that um, lots of um, uh, ships have been um, diverted and they're now going via the Cape of Good Hope rather than the Suez Canal. And that means that the um, that shipments are being delayed by anything between seven and 20 days. It's costing more. Um, and, you know, so there's there's all those kinds of shenanigans going on. So that's that's uh, topic number one. And the second one we're going to be talking about is about the um, Hong Kong court's decision to liquidate uh, for liquidation for Evergrande. So remember, Evergrande is the massively indebted, something like $300 billion or $330 billion, whatever it was. What, what's $30 billion between trends? Um, you know, they were massively indebted um, and it, you know, there's been all sorts of rescue plans talked about, etc. But basically, the Hong Kong court said, "Look, time's up, and we're gonna, you know, you're gonna be liquidated." So, um, so those are the two um, uh, two topics we're going to talk about today. Um, so, I'm excited. I know, pu- excited, pumped. <laughs> I mean, this is this is what it's all about, right? So, um, so anyway, um, so yeah, so um, yeah, what, what what do you think? Um, so, with regard to the Red Sea. Um, the Red Sea thing, obviously, I only really know from a very sort of top down kind of look, there's problems here. There's, you know, there are commercial implications, i.e. costs are going to rise for the for everyone, including the consumer at the right at the end of the chain. Um, but you've got a very interesting way of looking at it as well. So, yeah, just please enlighten us. No, <laughs> it's one of my favourite topics to talk about because oh. I think what happens quite frequently is that people say, oh, sanctions, sanctions, and that'll work, etc. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, what does that actually mean in mm-hmm. practice, right? So uh, I kind of want to sort of just sort of set it out a little bit because then you can kind of translate what's going on in the news and kind of the politics into mm-hmm. what's really happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to kind of set the scene a little bit, something like... Uh, more than certainly more than 10% of global maritime trade, so shipping trade, goes through the Suez Canal by Egypt and the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. And um, there's always been kind of piracy off the, the coast of Somalia, mm-hmm. certainly in recent decades. So companies like British Petroleum, the, the big um, oil uh, company, will have processes to handle piracy to keep their employees safe. So if mm-hmm. they have, if they sight pirates, they'll have a safe safe bunker in the ship that they go to in order to retreat. Mm-hmm. But I think this this threat is different, right? So you've mm-hmm. got the Houthis, which are a Shia Islamist movement, which is not Sunni; it's a different type of Islam. 
different sort of following, if you like. They're made up from Hezbollah and Iran-backed militia, um, and the name of the tribe comes from northern Yemen. Now, the reason that's important is because the Yemenis are supporting uh, Palestine in the ongoing Israel-Palestine conflict. And the purpose of the attacks from the Houthis is to target southern Israel and ships linked to to Israel. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of the ships that they're targeting haven't really had a link to Israel. So it's kind of a little bit um, uh, difficult to see uh, how the targeting is actually happening. Mm -hmm. And then since October last year, 2023, the Houthi movement have been using missiles and drones and um, they've been basically been striking ships carrying the cargo between the main arterial route of trade that that, are, that occurs between Asia and Europe, because otherwise they'd have to go around Africa in the south or mm. I guess Russia in the North Pole to get to Europe. Right. Mm. So it's kind of a major arterial route between China and and, and Japan and Taiwan and mm. everything else coming across into Europe. Mm-hmm. And then in January, this uh, just yesterday was January, I suppose. Um, the, uh, the the US and UK military have been uh, sort of holding stronghold in that part of the world. Uh, the US have got uh, at least one aircraft carrier over there, and we've got several warships over there. Um, and they've been using airstrikes to defend the car- cargo ships, mm-hmm. um, then taking taking out all these drones. Mm-hmm. And then the recent news is that the RAF are flying, I don't know, was it 3,000 miles from Cyprus? Mm-hmm. And we're looking at uh, sending, uh, we got, I think, two aircraft carriers, and we're yeah. looking at sending an aircraft carrier over there so that we're not sort of so thinly spread from a military perspective. Now, mm-hmm. um, so there were... Um, there were sanctions before the activities in October. They were mainly targeted at human rights violations in Yemen, like rapes and other human rights uh, violations. Mm-hmm. But then since then, um, what's happened is that there have, have been um, new financial sanctions on uh, the sort of the naval commander, of the commander of the, the um, Houthi naval forces and the mm-hmm. defense minister, those kind of uh, individuals. Um, imposed on the basis that the, the, the activities that they are undertaking to sort of try and take out the cargo ships is threatening the peace with Yemen and the security in Yemen. Mm, mm. So um, then I'm on to kind of how sanctions work and why they're different from a military perspective, um, mm-hmm. because obviously boots on the ground is kind of there are human rights issues with that and also expenditure it's kind of a very um i guess unsophisticated way of dealing with these things but also Mm. it puts people right in the front line okay and we're seeing Mm -hmm. lots of um negative issues as a result of 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 russia and ukraine so for example um financial sanctions is what we're talking about we're not talking about other types of sanctions Mm. but what is a financial sanction um, I guess it means that the intention is to reduce access to money and assets that would mm. uh, su- sort of fund or support terrorists or human rights violations uh, mm. and those kinds of activities. So the t- kinds of things that you tend to see when they're issuing financial sanctions include targeted asset freezes. We saw a lot of this with the sort of the yachts being taken by from the Russian oligarchs. Yeah. Do you remember those? Yeah. Um, and also restrictions on a variety of financial markets and services. So things like um, investment bans, restricting access to capital markets, restricting products like uh, insurance. And then of course, you've got the, op- the third option, which is to kind of cease all business altogether. Mm. Um, 
And sanctions can apply, financial sanctions can apply to a specific person, a group, sector or country. It didn't used to be the case that you would target specific ind personal individuals, but uh, Russia's actions in 2015 and in Crimea, I think, changed that primarily. Um, and in practicality, um, it, it, it's now quite, quite interesting because what will mm. happen is the politicians will kind of, they won't really implement the sanctions they'll, they'll kind of say that this this individual is on this list and quite a lot of effort and work goes into sort of identifying those individuals but mm. but how how does it actually happen in practice mm. so what happens when a country or person is sanctioned is that the the name of the person or the country or whatever it is will go on a list and you've got this kind of ongoing special relationship between the uk and the us where you've got the uh, hm treasury the Office for Financial Sanctions Implementation and the Office of Foreign Assets Control over in the US, they will basically put people's names on a list. And then what has to happen is that all the financial institutions that do any kind of business must then um, try to find the people or assets described on those lists. So if you've got like John Smith, what was his last known address? What was his ID, et cetera? And it's basically any kind of transaction that comes through that financial services in institution or any kind of account that they have. Mm. I'm sure you've seen this before as well, Peter, oh. where uh, you're basically doing checks on, on individuals and companies to sort of identify them as, as mm -hmm. sanctioned as individuals or sanctioned activities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there's also software that, that allows um, the compliance officers of a bank to check sort of the inventory of ships where they have an outstanding bill of lading. Mm. Bill of lading is a receipt of a shipment for import-export business. It's basically like a kind of insurance. It's basically mm -hmm. used to show that the, the seller gets paid and the recipient receives the goods. Um, and um, compliance officers in the banks will check the inventory of what's on the actual ships going underneath that um, that kind of contract, that bill of lading, mm. to see if there are items on the list which could be used to make a bomb, for example. Um, and what happens is that the the, the stuff that comes from China, hopefully up the Red Sea at some point, um, that will be sent from China with the bill of lading going across to the recipient port and um, importer um, in exchange for the money being sent for those items. Mm. So that when the... When the um, um, hello again. Hi, <laughs> got, sorry. That's all right. That's all right. Listen, the thing is, right, is that um, sorry. We just to explain, um, because I'm I've got to edit this. So, uh, the the um the the you, you got a phone call because you're popular, right? You're popular. <laughs> Someone I mean, had the audacity it, to call see, me. I, I know. I know. How how very dare they? I mean, I um uh, I, you know, I I don't no no you know no one calls me, so you know I never have that problem. So uh, so anyway anyway, let's carry on because this is great. Uh, so so um, so anyway, so you were talking about bill of lading, which actually I I think you know all the ins and outs of this because I don't you know this is something I don't know. I mean I only know sanctions they happen. This has this effect. So this is this is really interesting to hear, you know, what you have to say about how it actually works in practice and how I suppose I mean, it's checks and balances, isn't it? I mean, you're basically mm. um, making sure that, um, you know, stuff is getting from A to B and that that stuff is is i know i'm using all the technical lingo here but the, yes uh, is is actually you know not dangerous and going to be used for something on towards um but 
and and that the and that make you know everyone's paying making sure that they're paying for everything that is you know that 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 is um, that's been agreed yeah exactly right yeah. right um, so. yeah so import export mm-hmm. um bills of lading the, normally what happens is that the money will be transferred um well, sometimes it's during transit as well, so that the recipient can present the bill of lading when the goods arrive at the port, mm-hmm. um, and then the, the purchaser can then pick them up. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, of course, the financial institution must then handle their business in line with those sanctions. So mm-hmm. that could mean that they stop doing business with that company, and of course, mm-hmm. there's the associated cost of that. Mm-hmm. They might refer the business to the government, either OFAC or OFSEA or whoever, mm-hmm. um, or they could just report it afterwards. It, it kind of depends on how kind of important or urgent that particular, mm-hmm. the, the directions are on that particular sanction. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of technical things that you need to follow in order to comply with those sanctions. Mm-hmm. Quite often when you hear about a company, being a firm being sanctioned or being fined for sanctions violations or for sanction mm. inadequacies mm. sometimes sometimes it's not because actually sanctions have been breached in the sense that um you know we've the company's financed terrorism although it may have mm-hmm. been mm-hmm. sometimes it's just literally the threat that the process that had, was in place was not sufficient to be able to make sure that that didn't happen mm. so make sure that when there is reporting around you know what what a what a financial services firm is is being fined for that you read you know what the sanction issue is whether it's the processes aren't aren't appropriate in place and believe me there are so many processes and it's so complicated to get those kinds of things in place Hmm. um you know then then they might be being sanctioned purely because of the they might be being fined purely because the sanction processes weren't um appropriate weren't went to the level that is required Hmm. um and and that is, you know, it's the risk that, that we might have, or that a firm might have financed terrorism rather than the actuality, although sometimes it is also the actuality. Mm. It's just important to bear that in mind because quite often bankers are sort of bashed for, for you know, all these failures and nobody really understands what that means. And it's really mm. important that we break that down. Not to say that there isn't some negativity that is deserved, negativity mm. that is deserved, but just to sort of be balanced in your view mm. of these things. And what, I mean, obviously, so obviously it's very complex to actually put these sanctions in place mm. how what about the reverse then i mean what mm. happens when you think okay well that's that now you know um we're going to lift the sanctions is it easy how difficult or easy is it is it oh i think it's <laughs> <laughs> okay i think i know the answer now <laughs> well i think there's an ongoing i think i mean um if I may be so bold, I think okay. if the US could have everything controlled at all the time, then I think that would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the EU is obviously also trying to demonstrate that it's sanctioning things in an appropriate way. And the UK politically will also try and do that, too. Mm-hmm. So definitely the unwinding of sanctions is a much less kind of well-trodden and also um, uh, less articulated piece, um, although clearly it's possible to do. Mm. Um I personally have not gone through that process. So mm. my my main focus previously has been on understanding how they go on and the kind of checks and balances mm. that relate to that. Right. Um, so, yeah. So maybe it's you do such a you, you've done a, such a great job that, you know, that, that, that you don't need to you don't need to lift them. 
I don't know. <laughs> Maybe? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, right. Okay. Okay. I guess so, it's a difference in foreign policy, isn't it? The difference in yeah. foreign policy between the US and, and yeah. uh, countries in, the, in, in Europe. Not saying yeah. Europe, deliberately not saying the European Union for obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Brilliant. Right. So, I mean, I suppose we'll, we'll, well, let's go on to the next, let's go on to the next topic then. So, um, Evergrande, you know, the Hong Kong court have decided that enough's enough. Um, liquidation for Evergrande. Um, I mean, pretty serious stuff, potentially going to be a test for, um, you know, is China, is mainland China going to recognise this? Um, if so, how much? You know, I, you know, I, I, I really don't know. But um, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, that's an interesting angle. I haven't really read enough to be able to answer you on that. But I think mm -hmm. um, this is an opportunity to, to sort of look at, you know, how bankruptcy happens, mm -hmm. um, kind of how it ties in with competition law and kind of what mm. sort of that entails and why that's important and why these kind of checks and balances are in place. Mm. I think it's an opportunity to look at it like that. I also think it's an opportunity to compare um, sort of Everground with kind of Lehman Brothers sort of, mm. 2007 2000 mm -hmm. yeah also in the uk very much more specific because i'm selfish like that mm -hmm. um northern rock in 2007 the, the run on the bank that that, mm -hmm. that uh, occurred and sort of the too big to fail which is a mm. um a concept which is relating to um whether or not banks which if they grow to be too large or too important mm. systemically uh, important financial institutions mm. um you know what what happens so um i think and i don't want to talk about northern rock too much because uh people can go and read up on that but um mm. you know the, the the sort of the whole lehman's piece obviously and we've talked earlier about um mentioning movies that might be good to go and watch to uh mm. <laughs> yeah to, to educate to, oneself exactly uh yeah. so the big the big short is the obvious one to look at uh to, to watch when talking about how to understand what happened in mm. in the lehman brothers um yeah debacle yeah i mean i i wrote it's, it's one of the ones i i mean i i get asked this question quite a lot you know what what films or you know documentaries and things like that do i recommend and i always say i think that's probably one of the best financial you know related films um that i that i've ever seen um you know much more so than for instance um the wolf of wall street um which is another <laughs> question that i keep but you're mentioning asked. it now now and, uh, people are going to watch that one instead yeah, of why does well, he think exactly, that it's not yeah. so good yeah, well, the thing is, is that, that, you know, I mean, I was I was um, a stockbroker for, you know, the, the boring um, institutions, um, you know, the, big, the very big um, financial institutions, whereas um, Wolf of Wall Street was all about, um, you know, burning clients, just going through a list of dentists or whatever, and um, just trying to stuff them with whatever he had. Um, I, of course, was far more... <laughs> um you know had had a lot more morals moral fiber um and anyway the, the, the way it worked for me was the fact that um you know i was talking to 20 30 clients at one time um they were all institutional if they didn't like me they cut me off um and if they cut me off that meant no commission no commission meant i had no job so i had to always constantly come up with ideas that people were found interesting um otherwise it was curtains for me um so you know i couldn't my, the point there is i couldn't burn a client 
and then move on to the next one because right. it didn't work like that. You know, I right. had, you know, 20 or 30. And if they kept on, you know, cutting me off, then I'd be going down to sort of, you know, 20, 10, 50, whatever. And it would be a yeah. nightmare. But, um, but anyway, so I think that, um, yes, it's interesting that obviously people sort of make a, make a comparison um, with Lehman. But I mean, I, I, for one thing, I mean, I, I do feel that this, this is a bit more, a china centric this is more contained um that's my feeling anyway because uh, you know this is affecting um chinese banks it's affecting the chinese shadow banks so basically shadow banks are kind of financial institutions that aren't banks that still do lending um and so you know they're they're being um, very much affected and i can't say it properly but zongzi i don't know i don't know how to say it but <laughs> i'm not anyway, even so, so, <laughs> so um, so you know those, you know that is one that that's, um, that that has been in trouble um, as well. So um, yeah, so I mean I but think it's, it's interesting. It's definitely a fall from grace though, isn't it? Because yeah. Evergrande, I mean it's a property development company, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know, six years ago they were selling apartments to middle upper income Chinese families and mm-hmm. individuals, and in I think 2018 they were listed as the most valuable real estate company in the world or something. Mm-hmm. But because they are so over leveraged. Um, over leverage means they're they owe a lot more money than they're bringing in they've got a lot more mm-hmm. debt than they have in terms of potential turnover to to translate that into profit or to to pay mm-hmm. back their debts and then i guess is it last year their ceo was under investigation for some kind of criminal behavior i don't know if we actually got the facts mm. of what that was mm. um but then of course um there's going to be some kind of impact probably outside of china mm. um but um I don't know if there's a specific fraud that's involved, sort of the, there's maybe why there's a comparison with, with Lehman Brothers. Mm. But I wondered if you wanted to talk a little bit about the difference between Chapter 11 and sort of the restructuring yeah. law that happens in the US versus kind mm. of a direct um, dis- dissolution of the company. Yeah, I mean, I, that's this This is what I was, uh, was going to say, because we were talking about this earlier. And um, I have wanted to say, try and say something about, or well, actually, I think you should, you're better than me at saying about this because I think it can be quite confusing sometimes when, 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 um, you know, when you see that a company has gone bust, does that could mean all sorts of things, and you know, some of the ones that I think are most confusing. So that, well, first of all, this liquidation where basically. The, you know, which is the case here, where they they say, right, we're drawing a line, um, we're drawing a line under your operations, and you're shutting down. You're going to sell off all the assets. You're going to, you know, you, we're going to try and pay back the creditors as much as we can, uh, and that is in line with a, a list of there's a, an actual list of priorities as to who gets paid back first, and then you know, and then it goes down the list. So. So there's the liquidation thing. But then the thing that I think that most people find confusing is bankruptcy and Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Because what happens, for instance, in America, you'll see a company that says it's filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And you think, oh, right, well, that's that then. But actually, you know, a few months later, up it pops. And it's like, hello, it's me again. Um, so, so yeah, if you could, exactly. If you could sort of explain that, that would be brilliant. Well, okay, uh, I'll give a go. So yeah. I think, I mean, we also have restructuring in the UK, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the important thing to remember is that 
where company where companies are incorporated. So if it's incorporated in the US, um, then the Chapter 11 is an option because it's incorporated in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, but then how do you deal with things like branches or subsidiaries? Um, mm. And then, of course, it's if, if it's incorporated in the UK, which is a great place to incorporate because we seem to um, have facilitated that through a number of different uh, mechanisms in the law. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy to open a company in the UK, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously you've got this issue around sort of offshoring and complexity of accounting and complexity of, of structures of companies. But in terms of, of uh, being straightforward about it and just saying, look, the company is restructuring, Chapter 11 will will basically put everything on hold so that the company has an opportunity to restructure itself. And there will be a company that is uh, a sort of an accountant or um, uh, lead com- um, who will be responsible for helping that company go through its restructuring process. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a similar process to what happens in the UK. Mm-hmm. There's kind of an appointed uh, oversight for that process. And they will then basically go through the accounts and sort of say, you know, what can be done to restructure? Are we talking about um, uh, breaking the company up and selling bits off? Um, a little bit kind of how uh, the SAS uh, Chapter 11 restructuring is starting to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and then That's this the airline, the air, airline the company, not, sorry. Not, not the... Not, not, not the, the, uh, <laughs> the British military, uh, <laughs> no, 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 the best. <laughs> yeah, no, anyway. Um, yeah, no, they're not going bust. They're not going bust. I think they're quite uh, busy at the moment. But, uh, yeah. Yes, I think they are. Um, <laughs> Although I don't think they allow women to join, so I'm a bit depressed about that. But anyway, I'm sure you'd be a great addition. <laughs> oh, anyway, so anyway, so 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 the, the, there will be some oversight from a, an independent third party who mm. will basically look at how the company is structured and what the best, um, what the most economically viable way is for them to operate going forward, mm-hmm. if at all, um, and essentially that will be under the, the, the jurisdiction of that particular kind of uh, companies. Normally an accountant or the specialist that's a specialist in restructuring on those com- those kinds of companies, normally with a particular specialism in that industry. So someone who is who is used to handling, you know, complex um, uh, property companies, for example. Um, but it, I, I think and then obviously it gets the the the, the uh, chapter eleven is then closed out through a kind of a report. This this company will then uh, be organised in the way that has been seen to be fit, and mm. then you know either the the assets will be sold and and, and it'll move into its new shape and and uh, be trim and 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 move forward like that, or it will the, the decision will have been that actually. Um, you know, we couldn't salvage it, but that's not normal because there's normally a hearing that happens before that, before the company can even go into chapter 11 to begin mm. with. Um, it, it has to be fairly likely that there is a possibility of restructuring the company at all. Mm-hmm. There's a very meandering and terrible explanation, I'm sure, but that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah. I mean, Americans do like to complicate things, don't they? I mean, well, we do this in the UK as well, right? We have an appointed yeah. um, individual who is responsible for making sure that um it, it needs to be third party right it can't just yeah. be well you know leave the company to do it by themselves the, yeah. there are it, it's meant to be a kind but of Dave, a, a, Dave from adjudicator finance yeah. yeah Dave from finance decides <laughs> that he likes the bit that uh it, that's in Florida <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. No, can't have that yeah <laughs> so yes okay um so it's cool so yeah I mean I there are other 
I mean, there are other things, aren't there? I mean, I, I mean, there's, there's Chapter 11 bankruptcy, there's bankruptcy. The, another one, actually, we might have to leave this for another day, but there's another, the, the old, um, uh, the CVA. Um, okay. Which is another, which is another thing that we do in, over here, which actually I heard, you know, I think I wrote about something the other day um, with CVAs and I thought, God, I haven't, haven't written it or, you know, heard that expression for a couple of years because the cvas it seemed to me were, were all say all the rage um that sounds that's terrible isn't it but all the rage going into sort of at the end of kind of 2018 2019 because this was when all the um all the all the restaurants like carluccio's and jamie oliver's you know jamie's italian and stuff were all kind of going out of going out of business weren't they so um but anyway anyway we'll have to we might have to leave that for another time um but um, yeah, so I'll... you're talking about company voluntary arrangements, aren't you? Yes, Where that's right, basically yeah. it's it's kind of a similar thing, but instigated by the company itself to say mm. that um, uh, they have to get uh, approval from the company's creditors. I think it's something like uh, three quarters of the company's creditors. That's right. Yes, um, yes. To to ensure that the they're all bound by the same terms mm. uh, as to the repayments that are um, and the outstanding debt. Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of similar to Chapter 11, right? But mm-hmm. uh, Chapter 11 is always the thing that gets quoted in the press because everyone likes yeah. to think that everyone, everyone's used to quoting that. Mm, that's right. Yes, it's just one of one of the uh, sort of fate, people's favourite jargon, right? So I think, uh, well, no, obviously if you're subject to it, it's not your favourite thing. Um, but, uh, but anyway, um, okay. So, I mean, is there anything else you wanted to say today? Um, no, I think... Um... I think I have said my piece. I could go on. <laughs> I could go on for ages about uh, about fraud and yeah. and um, you know Im- irregularities in eight 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 accounts and all sorts yeah. of things. But uh, I think we'll maybe leave it there. Okay. Um, well, that's, that's 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 actually brilliant. I mean, you're 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 leaving. I think you're leaving the audience wanting more. You know, just teasing them with that little <laughs> that little extra little extra there. So. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll convene again. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, in the, in the meantime, obviously, you know, I'm sure you'll get lots of phone calls, you know, from people wanting to talk to you. Uh, <laughs> I just, haven't got one I'll now. Just, I'm going to go I'll follow just, it up in a I'll second. Just, I'll just, I'll just sit here, you know, not getting any phone calls at all. Um, I can call you, know, you living, Peter. I'll call living... you. The minute we put the phone down on this, I'm going to call you again. <laughs> Just so you feel like you're needed, which you are. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very kind of you. Um, Anyway, (laughs) I'll leave it there. Thank you very much indeed, Legal Liz, um, for today. And um, we'll be back again uh, very soon. So many thanks. All right. right. Bye. Bye. Bye.